Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Sorry, guys. I have no way to explain to you why Joe Biden feels it rational to say, hey, uh, $8 billion, it's going to South Africa. I've got nothing to add. I I wish I did. I wish I I, I really and truly wish I did, but I, I, I don't. How could I? How could I explain to you what this is? I think I think I've got audio. I think I can play it right here. Can I play this? And the low-income and middle-income countries around the world. At the G7 meeting earlier this year, we announced our intention to collectively mobilize $600 billion in the next five years. Today's announcement, joint, joint a portfolio of Partnership for Global Infrastructure Investment Projects already underway in Africa, including mobilizing $8 billion in public and private finance to help South Africa replace coal-fired power plants with renewable energy sources and develop cutting-edge energy solutions like clean hydrogen. Is this what South Africa needs right now? Is this the thing that matters most to South Africa? The, the ability to reduce the amount of coal they use? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on? I forget sometimes if I say hello. So sometimes I say it two, three times. Whatever. It's good to be with you. 833-468-8669. That's the number. 833-GOT-TONY. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. South Africa, compared to other African nations, certainly more developed. And South Africa has gone through its own issues, especially when you want to discuss the horrors of apartheid. And apartheid was a horror. What they have done since apartheid um, has issues. And certainly their new constitution, uh, I believe there's a word for it. Oh, that's right. Sucks. It's awful. Awful. Terrible. Oh, read it one day. Read it one day and realize that they they pretend to value free speech, and then you read it, you're like, wait a second here. Oh, yeah, not good. And there are people out there who love it and adore it, and those are usually the people who I'm like, yeah, you, you, I don't, I don't want to have dinner with you. Why are we engaged in $8 billion to South Africa to replace coal-fired power plants with renewable energy sources? Why are we talking to South Africa about, quote, develop cutting-edge energy solutions like clean hydrogen, a deal worth $2 billion to build solar energy projects in Angola, 600 million high-speed communication cables that will connect Southeast Asia to Europe via Egypt and the Horn of Africa and help bring high-speed internet connectivity to countries all along the way? Now, you could say to me, whoa, 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 Tony, I'm totally cool with the idea of internet throughout the whole of Africa. Count me in. Count me in, too. I don't have an issue with that at all. I have no issue with helping create connectivity because there are multiplicity, a multiplicity of of African nations that are going to be able to thrive with communication. And really, in, in many nations, overcome the literal tribalism that's taking place. The problematic tribalism that is keeping people from growth, from opportunities, things that you would want for the nations, for the continent. That is a much different conversation than a push away from coal. 
Is that the thing that should be happening first? And the answer is the ideologue, the cultist, doesn't care. The cultist does not care that that may not be the thing that matters most. That's the thing that matters most to them. And if the nation wants the money, well, they're going to go along with what the cultist wants. Said differently, if that's the reason that the cultist is giving the money so they could say, look at the good that I'm doing, well, what are you going to do? Not take the money? You'll take the money. Now the question is, will it get to where it belongs? That's the question. Will it get to the place that it belongs, that it needs to get to? Now, maybe in South Africa, you'll have a better chance of the money actually doing the thing that you say that it's earmarked for, as opposed to some other African nations where you can't be sure who's going to get the money, because many of these nations are corrupt, and it's part of the problem. That's not an attack on people. That is a recognition of facts. And let the people who claim it's an attack kiss off. Don't care. Still the facts. So you can't just say we're going to throw money at your problem because their problem may not be a money problem. And no, we're not going to specifically just throw, or we're not going to just throw money at the problem. We're going to specifically address energy because that's not about you, African nation. That's about us feeling good about our ideology. Our ideology states to redistribute the wealth, and that's exactly what we're going to damn well do. And so that's exactly what they're damn well doing. That's what they're doing. It makes no difference. It's a meaningless proposition about whether or not South Africa sees this as a pressing issue, I would need to do some research to be able to get an understanding of the pressing issues in South Africa, and I'm willing to bet for the vast majority of people listening, so would you. But we know that transitioning from coal is the pressing issue for the woke political left, for the environmentalist, for the cultist. So I will bet all the dollars in my pocket against all the dollars in your pocket. That this is not something that South Africa said, hey, we can use some help with this. This is something that America said, hey, South Africa, here's how we're going to help you say thank you. And note that this is different than the idea of internet. Oh, you can get me down with the conversation about internet. Now, what's funny is you listen to people talking about this deal, and they're like, what is this? There's a host over at Sky News, Rita Panahai, or Panahi, P-A-N-A-N-H-I, P-A-N-A-H-I, Panahi, referred to it as weapon-grade lunacy, as if South Africans haven't suffered enough with unreliable energy. (laughs) It's a good line, which is another big part of this conversation. Do I have an issue with hydrogen? No. Uh, not not at all. Should we be a nation of the United States engaged in nuclear energy? Of course we should be. Don't we know that the solar and wind nonsense doesn't work and everybody who says so is lying? If you say that solar and wind work to power a nation, you're a liar. You're a fraud. You're a cultist is what you are. You are abused, and you want to tell us how your abuser is just trying to take care of you, but sometimes you do things wrong and you need to learn your lesson. At what moment did environmentalism become the pimp? And what does hell the hell does that make the environmentalist? Of course, this is madness. And of course, without question,
This is part of the cult that believes in the idea, believes solely, completely, concretely in the idea that the answer is spend more of your money. When we talk about social justice, racial justice, environmental justice, these are buzzwords. Nothing more than terms that mean wealth redistribution. That's all it means. That's all it's ever meant. It's all it will ever mean. It simply says take the money from point A and hand it over to point B. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Well, this is all the same. This is absolutely positively the same. $8 billion to shut down coal plants? Coal works. We saw this most recently because of those dastardly Russians and how they've invaded Ukraine. And by the way, they are terrible people and they should not have invaded Ukraine. And I want the Ukrainians to push them out and I want Putin gone. I just don't know how much more money we're willing to put into this. Let the Europeans pay for it. That's my take. But I had no problem putting the money in at the beginning. I, I just, uh, even if we disagree about it, I, I don't ever want you to think that somehow I've changed things that I've said. I, I, I'm, I stand behind my words. If I, if I believe I'm wrong on something, I will say so. I don't believe I'm wrong in saying uh, Ukraine was attacked, Ukraine's being invaded, help the Ukrainians with dollars and with hardware, don't send any troops whatsoever, don't engage in no-fly zone, and I'm certainly opposed, based on what I know, of sending Patriot missile systems, because there's no way the Ukrainians can operate the Patriot missile system on their own. They can't do it. That's not even an insult. That's just a fact. You're going to need Americans on the ground operating that system. That's what it's going to come down to, and I oppose that vehemently. Just that simple. Just that easy. And of course, when you take a look at the the, the war there, the Russian invasion, you, oh, the oil prices are going up because oh, we're not buying the Russian oil, and it's all Putin's price hike. And what did those European nations do? How did they respond? How did they react? Did they react by utilizing less oil? No. They fired up the coal plants. They had given up the nuclear plants because they're morons, and they fired up the coal plants, teaching the world a valuable lesson. People will not do without. They want energy. Nations are thirsty, and they want electricity. They want to power their TVs. They want to be able to work. They want to be able to be online, and they will get the power however they can from the source that best fits, and that's coal. They didn't turn to solar. They didn't turn to wind because these things cannot do the job yet. Maybe they can in the future. They can't right now. So they changed And they didn't use less energy. They said, we have to get other energy, and they went to coal. That's what happened. Don't we understand that people are going to do this, that the turning away from coal is a ridiculous nonsense proposition, maybe for a country like South Africa, that maybe has other issues ahead of it? Stronger issues ahead of it. Bigger issues ahead of it. The environmentalist doesn't care. Did you know that Representative Ocasio-Cortez put out a movie? I got to get more into this. She put out a movie about the environment, about her and some other people looking to uh, push push, uh, climate change uh, legislation. And they put it out in theaters, uh, and uh, it made $80 a theater. It made less than $10,000 
in it in its release. But it got critical reviews, raved, rave critical reviews. Of course it did. Of course it did from uh, the fellow travelers. But Americans weren't interested. Now I will admit that if you're gonna make a movie, you gotta advertise the movie. You gotta let people know that that a movie's out there. I had no idea about this. You had no idea about this. I didn't hear anybody talking uh, about this. But maybe I don't travel in the proper circles or engage with the proper Instagram accounts to be able to to hear them talking about this fantastic movie about the work that Representative Ocasio Cortez is doing to save us from ourselves and evil corporations. Yeah, eighty dollars th- uh, per theater. I was in like one hundred and twenty-three theaters. It made uh, ten thousand, less than ten thousand dollars. So they did the math: eighty dollars a theater. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll believe you uh, on that. But what I won't believe you on is somehow Representative Ocasio Cortez bringing a valuable idea to the marketplace about energy. The Green New Deal is a terrible idea. A child's idea, because all of her ideas are childlike. Every single one of them. What? It's not an insult. It's just a fact. I'm not insulting her. I'm not talking about what she wears. I'm not talking about what she looks like. I'm talking about her policy ideas. They're childlike. In the Green New Deal, Representative Ocasio-Cortez discusses the idea of reducing emissions to the extent feasibly possible. Well, that is different than saying, here is a number that will allow us this goal that will create this opportunity. I can cut carbon emissions to the extent feasibly possible by not allowing anybody to drive anymore. I can reduce carbon emissions by saying after 5 p.m. no cars are allowed on the road. Isn't that true? Isn't that a factual statement that I can, you can, we can cut carbon emissions by saying you're not allowed to drive your car after 5 p.m.? Is there a conversation about what else that does to the economy and to the human condition? the destruction that creates, the end of autonomy and mobility that that creates? If you say to me you want to reduce carbon emissions to the amount feasibly possible, well, I can do that by simply not allowing it. I can, in the farmlands across America, end carbon emissions by saying you no longer get to operate these big pieces of equipment, plows and et cetera, get out there with a couple of oxen and make it happen. That will cut the emissions to a tremendous degree. It will also ensure that when you get to the store in the prescribed amount of time that you're allowed to drive, there will be no fresh fruit. There will be no vegetables. Lord, you think you're getting a potato? Sorry, it's not going to make it to the marketplace where you are. There's a, 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 I'm forgetting his name. Super, super nice guy. Uh, it, not, not, not famous, just uh, an intellectual that I know. And he talks about how uh, every morning for breakfast, he has a kiwi. I always thought that was strange. I, I think the kiwi is strange in and of itself. He has a kiwi every single morning. He has a kiwi. And he talks about the fact that the kiwi costs about a buck. He lives... I think it's Pennsylvania. Let's call it Pennsylvania for the sake of the conversation. Where do kiwis come from? I just put that into a search engine. Um, Kiwi is actually a native fruit of China. Did you know that? But uh, kiwis, of course, are associated 
with uh, New Zealand. So when we take a look at a Kiwi ending up in a grocery store in Pennsylvania, it's not grown, let's say, in the United States, so it has to come from overseas. Kiwis go grow best in Italy, Chile, Chile, and New Zealand. So they come from overseas, although there are some that grown in California, and they get shipped. They get shipped, and then they come to the U.S., and they get packaged, and then they get shipped again uh, on these trucks to stores where they end up in a matter of a couple of days' time, fresh and ready to be eaten, for you to buy for a dollar. Can I ask a, a, a question? When the environmentalist saves us from ourselves by saying we're going to cut carbon emissions to the extent uh, feasible, technologically feasible, uh, to, the, to the extent that we can, are you ever going to see a kiwi again in your store? And if you do, won't that kiwi cost $43? The answer is, of course it will. And the other answer is, of course you won't ever see a kiwi again. These people are radical and silly and dangerous. And Joe Biden thinks he's going to fix things by giving $8 billion to South Africa to get rid of the coal plants? Whew, cultists gonna cult. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. I don't even want to know where the market is right now. All I know is that you had uh, the European banks uh, saying, we're going to raise interest rates. We really got to get our balance sheets under control. My last look, my last look, the Dow was down 700. The NASDAQ was down 300. Just another day in paradise. Just another day in, in, in paradise. And don't get me wrong. I am aware, as we often discuss, there's a difference between Wall Street and Midwest Main Street. I bring up the Wall Street conversation as a reminder that every time Joe Biden tells us that everything is fine and he's got this team of, of, of lackeys who tell you that everything is great and the economy's looking strong, it's, it's not. I wish it was, but it's not. And 2023 is not looking strong. I just want everyone to be prepared. Because if I'm wrong, well, okay, you're going to survive it great. I don't think I'm wrong. I just don't think that I'm wrong on this, people. And the, the people I'm following, the experts I'm following, I will trust them more than Joe Biden. Find everything, TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz Today. So it's layoffs at the Washington Post. Why should the Washington Post think that they're any different than anybody else when it comes to the concept of layoffs, why would they think that they are remotely different? I'm flabbergasted by the 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 people there who are are, are stunned and 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 shocked and that they're they're shocked. I tell yous to find that they're going to be possibly out of a job. They didn't get told they were out of a job. They got told possibly. They're out of a job. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.locals.com. Fred Ryan, he is the publisher, right? The chief executive is Jeff Bezos. 
wouldn't answer questions, wasn't going to take, you know, engage in any inquiries. Sorry, we're not answering any questions. I found the most interesting moment of that was you hear this this man's voice. I think it's a man's voice. Uh, clear as day here. Here it is. He's not going to do anything to protect anybody's job. You're going to lose your job. That's what he's going to do. He's going to take your job from you. You're going to get fired. Guys, I'm in radio. I, maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you just feel that this is nothing more than a fever dream that you're having. In which case, I'm next to you, wearing a loincloth, rubbing your feet and telling you everything that's going to be okay. I don't know. I guess that's what a fever dream would be like. I Well, there were, I guess now if there was a fever dream with me, there'd be bourbon and, and cigars and, uh, and uh, there would be, you know, just nothing but uh, thankfulness. Look, it's, if I'm the guy inventing the fever dream, I'm going all the way. I'm in radio. Do you know what I know? Every single day of my radio life, I can get fired tomorrow. No, no, scratch that. I can get fired right now. I can get fired today, at this moment, finished, done, over, complete, goodbye, thank you, Cleveland. Of course I can. Every single second of every single day, I can be fired. Why? Because that's how it goes. That's how it works. This industry does not require keeping me employed. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. I usually have that sound effect. I don't have it on me right now. I apologize for that. I can get fired. I expect to get fired. But I, I don't think it'll happen on the air. That only happened to me once. Once, I, when in the very, very early stages of my career, I may have told this story before, very early stages of my career, I was on a nonsense station in California, and somebody was messing with the board while I was on the air, and I was, I was, I was on a remote, and, and someone was messing with it, and you could hear it, and I, okay, guys, save that for later, and it kept happening, okay, guys, save it for later, they kept doing it, and I, I lost my head. What is wrong with you? Why can't you just delay it? Who there thought that they were more important than the audience listening to this show? Somebody give me a name. I'll come down and you can explain it to me personally. But you better be prepared to really explain it because I got lots of questions. I mean, it was one of those. It was one of those. And the next thing you know, we went to commercial break and I never returned. It went to commercial break and then I could stop. I stopped hearing the station and then I couldn't reconnect. And that was the end of that. That was the end of that. That's a true, true story. I've gotten better since then because I also work with professionals now, at least to the very best of my ability. But one day I'm going to get called into the office and say, and they're going to say, Tony, it's been fun. That's it. That's how it goes. Because this radio station, the radio stations that I'm on across the country don't owe me anything. I have to provide. And sometimes there are forces beyond our control that make it all impossible no matter what. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. 
because of, well, a host, a myriad of things that could be going on. Why in the world do the people in the Washington Post think that they're owed a job? Why would somebody be asking the question about protecting people's jobs? It's not getting protected. And they don't owe you protection. Or is it, is it their journalists, you can feel the air quotes just punching you in the face. They're journalists and therefore what they do is important. It has to be protected. Hurrump, 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 hurrump. Is that it? Is what we're hearing here nothing more than a conversation of some super whiny people who can't believe that they're on the block? After all, they work at the Washington Post. They are very, very important. They matter uh, deeply. We should note that the Washington Post chief communications officer, her name is Kathy Baird, said it would be a single digit reduction in the employee base. Single digit. So 5%, 8%, 2%, whatever the case may be. Somebody's going to lose their job. And I guarantee you, whomever it may be, we will be told that was the single most important person there. And whoever it is, we will be told, see the bigotry? You don't think? The Washington Post is saying, okay, so these are the people we've got that, that we can we, we are going to have to do away with their jobs because we, we just can't afford it right now because things are bad. Um, okay, uh, are we looking at skin color here? Are we looking at sexual orientation here? Are we looking at religion here? Are we looking at this here? Are we looking at that? That's not happening? I guarantee you it's happening. And people find this uh, outrageously offensive. I'll, I'll relate it to something. There were some people who were asking about uh, Purdue University which just hired uh, Ryan Walters. He was defensive coordinator at, at Illinois. Hired him as, his, as the head coach. He's black. Some people say, is that why he was hired? I have no idea why he was hired. I wasn't part of the selection committee over there at, at, at Purdue. And people are offended. How dare you say this? Because if you had hired somebody who wasn't black, the question would be, why didn't you hire somebody who was black? And if you ask, why do those things happen? It's because everybody decided that diversity was something and this DEI stuff matters. And I keep discussing and we keep engaging in the reality that it divides everybody. Everybody is worse off because of it. Every single one of us, of course it divides. Of course it puts people into groups. Of course it otherizes people. Every single time. That's why we need to do away with all this DEI nonsense and madness. You don't think that they're going to go through that, the Washington Post? You are. You're out of your head if you don't think they're going to go through that question and answer, through that process, that exercise at the Washington Post when they do these reductions. But leave that to the side. Leave it to the side for now. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of the thingy-dingy. Let's get into the reality that these people think that they are so important that they can't be fired. That's that's what they believe. Now, if you ask me who I hope gets fired, I never hope for anybody to get fired. But if Taylor Lawrence lost her job, I would not weep. Just, Just saying that out loud. Would not weep if Taylor Lawrence, this this really bad at, at her job, uh, so-called journalist, lost her job. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be okay. I would be okay. 
Now, the Washington Post did just eliminate their Sunday magazine. They cut 10 staffers in the process. The union is angry. Well, of course the union's angry. The union's always going to be angry. What do you expect the union to be? Not angry? The union's going to be angry. It's what they do. It's it's who they are. It's how they, it, it's how they live their lives. They really do believe that they're entitled. They really do believe that they're owed. And that's the part. That's the part that's so absolutely stunning in all of this. A, a, a worthy reminder. A worthy reminder of who they are and really how they see us. When they write about layoffs, hmm, the plants had layoffs, hmm, small business with layoffs, hmm, Amazon with layoffs, and they always say the same thing, oh, those poor workers. But they don't actually care about those workers. Well, if they had any brains, they wouldn't be working those, those warehouse jobs. Now, you could say to me, Tony, you're just, you're just inventing something that they, they might say. You don't know that they really feel that way. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Maybe that was just a little bit cruel of me. Maybe that was a little bit cruel of me. But am I in any way wrong about how they see themselves? Stunned, shocked, amazed, amazed that they are going to lose their gigs. As if somehow the gig is uh, theirs until they die. Or, of of course, until they leave for a better gig at the New York Times. Right? Because then it's okay. It's just not okay for the Washington Post to do it. The cuts come for everybody, guys. And to say that you're immune to it is just, well, that's just ridiculous. This is Tony Katz Today. What's happened with this Libs of TikTok account is really something else. It really is. It's, it's, you want to say frightening and shocking and all these things, but... It's it's kind of standard in today's world. The nonstop attack against people you disagree with. It's one thing to disagree with people. You can even get nasty about it. It's something else to say they shouldn't exist or they're a threat to democracy or they're going to get people killed. That's a very different conversation. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Libs of TikTok. What they do. It's not even they, it's her. What she does is she finds these insane people on TikTok and other places, these progressives, and then she's like, hey, uh, you might want to see this. That's the totality of what she does. She shares other people's content. That's it. Nothing else. No, cr- Nothing criminal about it. There's no uh, editing, uh, selective editing of it. Nothing like that. Absolutely, positively nothing like that. She shares it. Well, this makes people angry. People want to claim that she's um, committing acts of violence. And she's, she's, she's attacking, if you will, attacking, I dare say. Oh, it's getting a little loud right there. Sorry. She's attacking... Uh, transgender people. None of this is true. This is all just complete and total madness. That's all it is. It's all it's ever been. It's all it'll ever be. You don't like the fact that you're getting exposed. These people, these radicals, 
these these people these people are crazy. Now, don't get me wrong; there are people crazy on, on, on the other side. Uh, there's the woman who went to a school board meeting dressed as a cat. She was protesting wokeness, and so she went to a school board meeting with with the cat ears. And I guess uh, I guess it's like a sexy cat outfit. I don't know what's going on there. She's the host of the Patriot Barbie podcast, and her name is Lindsey Graham. That is, I I can't. On my best day, I could not make this up, guys. That's your name. And there's a guy on the local school board. I guess is this where is this Phoenix? Yeah, somewhere in Arizona. And uh, and his name is Paul Bixler. He's a man, but he says he he's a, he's a woman. And she, trying to make a point, showed up in a cat costume and said, "I'm a cat." Meow meow. I'm not a woman dressed as a cat. I am a cat. How many of you believe and confess that I'm a cat? How many of you believe that your child or a child from this school would actually believe that I'm actually a cat? Her point was to say, look at these people who engage in this transgenderism. Now, I actually think that's a very, very bad way to go about things because there are indeed some people who have gender dysphoria. That's real. And you don't want to give anybody this opportunity to say, oh, look at you diminishing. That doesn't mean that I'm here to save you from the term groomer. Uh, That's your problem. You're the ones who want kids to be able to engage in uh, mutilation via surgery. You're the ones who want to hide things uh, from the parents. Uh, um, You're the issue. You're the issue. You're the ones who are, who are doing this. You're the ones who are going to have to figure out how to, how to handle it when people call you groomer because you're trying to keep parents in the dark, because you're trying to uh, sexualize children or engaging in the sexualization of children, uh, pushing sexualization of children. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with being called groomers. Ain't my problem. Libs of TikTok shares these kinds of stories. Enter this guy who uh, sends a message, I believe it's a direct message, uh, via Twitter, says, you people are a group of blanking moronic blanks who are just as hateful as the KKK. If you don't deactivate your account in 24 hours, I will burn your house down and sell you into human trafficking. Now understand, this is from someone who claims to be decent and good, and moral, and all that jazz. Claims to be one of the good guys, don't you know? And then follows up 24 hours later and says, this is no joke. I will hunt you down in L.A., and I will sell you into human trafficking and kill all your friends and loved ones if you don't blanking deactivate this account. She found the guy who looks like he lives in his mom's basement. I mean, if you ever wanted a definition of the guy, if you ever wanted a definition of what they call an incel, involuntarily celibate, these are guys who don't know how to talk to women, which I will admit uh, society has made more and more difficult, but then they blame the women for not talking to them, and uh, they become very, very violent people. It's pretty ugly. Uh, and this guy looks like the poster child of somebody who was not raised to 
have control over himself, uh, to how uh, to engage in in being a, a man in today's world, in any world, in how to have a sense of self-confidence and a sense of, of self-respect. Uh, that's just from the photo. You're right. That's just a read. Just my read on the photo. Oh, and the threats to this woman. He thinks he's decent and he's going to sell someone into human trafficking. That's... Now, that is a really important thing to expose because that's kind of the madness you get on TikTok and other places and what lives of TikTok is exposing. How is, how is it possible more people aren't talking about this story and how ugly and evil and despicable it is? How, how? How is it possible? And the answer is because for a lot of people, they don't care. For a lot of people, they don't care about it. It means nothing to them. And it should. A lot of ugly out there. A lot of work we got to do. Stay vigilant, won't you? Oh, and don't ever let these people keep you from speaking out. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Today.